Welcome to Winging It, the one and only Catawba Valley Community College podcast. I'm Cassidy Collins, part of the Red Hawk Communications team. Join me as we hear from the voices of the Valley and catch up on our latest events. Hello, welcome to Winging It. My name is Jennifer Cobb and I'm the Executive Director of Red Hawk Communications. I'm so excited today because today we have a little bit of a turning of the tables. We sure do. (laughs) That's right. So the host is now the guest. So Cassidy has been part of the Red Hawk Communications team now for almost a year, right? Mm -hmm. And we are so fortunate to have her with us here at Catawba Valley Community College. So Cassidy, why don't you start us off with telling us a little bit about what you do with Red Hawk Communications? I am the lead creative writer and uh, content specialist here and I love what I do. I get to meet people on campus, whether it's students or faculty, and hear their stories, hear why they've come to CVCC. Um, and I write the magazine. So uh, if you've seen our SOAR magazine, the first issue came out this past fall. And I'm working right now on getting the spring one completed. So if you have any stories, just send your inquiries. But it's it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I get to host this podcast, which is something that's new uh, for my resume, but I've really enjoyed it. And um, just writing other promotionals and working with the team as a whole to promote the college. And yeah, it's been really, really a fantastic job. Excellent. So when you started the podcast, you kicked off kind of a unique tradition of asking an icebreaker at the beginning. Oh gosh, yes. So, you know, I've been thinking about what your icebreaker might be. So favorite Christmas candy. Ooh, my favorite Christmas candy. Can it, does it have to be candy specific? No, no. How about favorite holiday treat? Oh my goodness. Um, cake pops. Cake pops. I can, I make cake pops from scratch, vanilla, chocolate, uh, whatever kinds you want. So we should be expecting some of those in Red Hawk Communications this year. Yes. Okay. So we're here today talking about Cassidy's brand new debut novel called The Aria. Cassidy published that through Red Hawk Publications. Congratulations on that, Cassidy. So in preparation for our discussions on The Aria, tell us about your favorite um, travel destination. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Um, this might be cheesy. And you might understand this, though, because you've been to England, but London Yes. London is the only city I've been to that has exceeded my expectations. Unfortunately, no part of the aria is set in London. I went to London after I wrote the aria. (laughs) So I wrote the aria before I went to London. But um, do you take cream in your tea? I don't drink tea. (gasps) I know. Okay. No judgment. No judgment. If I did drink tea, it would I would definitely take cream and sugar, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so tell us a little bit about the beginnings of the Aria. So this is the first novel and it is a trilogy. Is that correct? Yes. Honestly, when the Hunger Games first came out and it when when it was filmed in Hickory, I love film. And um, growing up, I always wanted to be in, in movies. And I uh, really, really just love the dystopian genre, you know, anytime in the his- like in the history of writing that's kind of more dystopian or any futuristic science fiction. Um, so I also, though, like you said, I travel and a lot of my travel and love for travel came from my time in the Lenoran Youth Chorus. So I was part of the Lenoran Youth Chorus, which is a community choir for 10 years. Wow. And yeah, I grew up singing and we got to travel to Carnegie Hall in New York City. We got to 
do an international choir festival in Colorado. And the highlight, honestly, this is probably my second favorite place that I've traveled to was um, Salzburg, Austria. We went to Austria and Germany for 10 days wow. on tour. And I remember, though, it was 2012 and I was standing at the auditorium at the International Music Festival that we did in Colorado. And I was like, you know, there are so many talented people here and the stakes are so high. And if you've ever mm-hmm. performed or done any sort of performance, you know what it's like to be on stage and like the nerves. But also um, I was like, what if somehow like there was a dystopian contest and and students were uh, performing for some sort of freedom or some sort of prize and there had to be high stakes. And so um, I thought, you know, I, I don't personally play any instruments, but I know lots of people who love to play instruments. So I thought, what if there was a worldwide competition that combined singers and dancers and orchestra players and people participating in band and wrote this story and, and, uh, Uh, So it's about a girl named Carson who is in a worldwide government called the Terakee. It's Terra means earth and then monarchy, like the end root of monarchy. So that's where I got that name from, Terakee. Yeah. Uh, The only way out of this one world government system is through winning a musical competition. But it's held every three years. So um, the students only get about one chance, uh, one shot to, to do this contest. Based a little bit about my experiences with singing with Lenora and Youth Chorus. So there's a little bit of truth. Um, I did not base any characters <laughs> off of people I know. So for everyone listening, not not related at all to people that I know. Just want to make that clear. So did you start the ARIA or write the complete novel while in high school? I wrote it in high school. What I about wrote the it, other books as well? I finished them all before my senior wow. year of high school. I started in 2014, February of 2014. Um, and then I kind of took a pause. And actually during that summer was when I went to Germany and toured. And then I came back. And of course, after, you know, going a- abroad to perform, I was like, really, you know, had the motivation. So I finished the aria in around mm, November of 2014, I think it was. And then I started the second book. And, and then finished that around January. And then I think I finished the third book that summer of 2015. Okay. Wow. And how, I mean, amazing as a young adult writer to be writing uh, young adult fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really exciting. So when you say dystopian, give us a little bit more description about what you mean by that and how that theme is kind of woven throughout the trilogy. I think the first book, especially the aria, um, is more dystopian. There's not really science fiction elements, I would say, Mm -hmm. to this novel. In the futuristic world, um, the world has been kind of depleted of natural resources and um, all the sustainability movements and that sort of thing have drifted away. So the resources on Earth are very limited. And because of that, this worldwide government is very harsh about what people can and can't do. There's limitations on what types of jobs people can have. Um, And there's limitations on creativity and freedom of expression because that's just another way that they can have control and it's another way that they can conserve resources. That's why it's so special that this contest called the Melodious Contention is something that Carson and some of her other friends, Marisol, Maddox, and some of the other characters get to have because 
it's their one chance at not only having this competition and having this freedom, but also having that freedom of expression that um, people value so much and getting to experience art in all its forms and music in all its forms. So kind of that juxtaposition of having total control and then music and art, which is imagination and creativity and collaboration, totally not what this government stands for, but something that they allow um, just to give people that inch of hope, I guess, that's that's always present in a dystopian. And, you know, and that goes so much for today is how much art and creativity, whether theater, music, visual arts, that gives so much creativity and hope um, even to our society. So I'm curious and look forward to reading how that kind of is woven throughout the, the trilogy there. So we've got to know, are there any hidden Easter eggs throughout the novels. It is a book about music. Yes, that is because Carson has to write an aria and she um, she's an alto singer and she's not very confident in her soprano abilities and arias aren't always for sopranos, but she's definitely not confident in her. Are you an alto? Oh, I was an alto myself. Okay, me too. But okay. see, I feel like a lot of stories, you know, sopranos shine and you gotta, you gotta have some support for the altos. Listen, we're here for the altos. Right? Because <laughs> right? The altos kind of help lift up yes, the sopranos. exactly. So, sorry um, for any sopranos out there that are listening. We appreciate you. Um, <laughs> you must have both for pure harmony, right? Yes, exactly. But um, going back to the Easter eggs, I do have music in there, uh, Lyrics from other um, songs that you might recognize are okay. in there. Um, there's some allusions to other dystopian novels in there and other author okay. dystopian novels in there that you might pick up on. Um, but also my second book is a little hard to pronounce and it's called The Ritornello. It is a musical term uh, where the song comes back, but in a different key and a different tone. So oh. the, the story comes back, okay, but it's in a different a different tone. And then the cacophony is the third book in the series, and a cacophony means a harsh, discordant sound. So I'll just leave that one up in the air, but hmm. that's that's what that means. Definitely builds mm-hmm. throughout the trilogy. So that answers another question that I had talking about your additional books that were coming out. Where can we purchase the book? So right now it is available on redhawkpublications.com. I also have a website, castycollins.net, that recently launched. And any book inquiries can be sent to the email and that contact um, on that website. And then also... I'm going to be doing some book signings uh, in the community. I have one coming up on November 28th at Hickory Public Library. Excellent. So talking about how you published your book, personally, I've written, um, I actually wrote a children's book years ago. I have it tucked away. I've been too, I guess, bashful to get it published. And so I've had it just kind of tucked away. And so how amazing, so proud of you to have the courage to put your work out there. So was that process easy? Did you find it intimidating? So what was that process like? Yes, I am totally with you. It is, it is very difficult to, uh, And kind of in a way, it was vulnerable for me to put my work out there because um, I had worked 
on it for so long and then had tucked it away, forgot about it, started some new projects. But um, I initially uh, contacted Red Hot Publications through working here at CVCC since it's intertwined. Um, I knew that they supported local artists and I'm definitely local. <laughs> so um, she uh, picked it up and they reviewed it. And a few months later, I mean, it was a year long process. A few months later, I got an email saying that um, it had been approved. One of their editors um, came and she uh, edited my copy digitally and just emailed back and forth and back and forth. And they were very flexible to work with. And then I got a print proof and uh, went through that. And of course, reading the book for the first time, I caught so many more um, glaring issues, at least for me personally. And it was like my last one chance to be like, oh, I don't think that yeah. sentence fits or that is way more cheesy in print than it looked, you know, when I was typing it up. So um, fixed some issues there. And they were, like I said, very flexible. And within a few weeks, got an email that it was it was ready. It was in October. And actually, October had been a full year since I initially contacted Patty Thompson. So wow. Yeah. It was a year-long process just to get it out. I can attest because we were here when you the copies came in and they were finalized and it was the whole unboxing and just the excitement on your face. I'm sure it was a lot of relief, but how amazing to actually see it in print, to hold it, to touch it, and just, you know, this dream that you had all those years ago come to fruition now. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. So you mentioned loving film. Mm -hmm. You also were in a film. Oh, yes, oh, I you was. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> that was filmed here at CBCC. So tell us a little bit about that experience because I think that would be interesting. Oh, my for goodness. The so, yes, hear. it was last May, May of 2021. Gigi and Nate, and it came out this summer, I believe. Um, and so, actually, a couple of different people from this department uh, helped with that. I know that um, I'm pretty sure Robin Cornette. And some other individuals helped make contact with getting filmed in the Valley Stem Hospital because uh, the school was used predominantly for a hospital scene. It was about a young boy who had had an accident and he uh, needed to be placed in a wheelchair. But um, for those of you who do know some of these actors, uh, Jim, Jim Belushi was in it. The man who played Nate, the lead character, was in The Golden Compass um, all those years ago when wow. that film came out. Um, and I got to work with them. And actually, Kim Stinson with the theater department, she and I were picked to be two of the extras that got to go in and like pretend to take photos of this monkey. It was a real <laughs> monkey. And it was so unique. And it was great because it um, featured a place in uh, downtown Newton, but also featured the hospital scene here at Valley Sims Hospital. So if you go and see Gigi and Nate, you might see somewhere that you recognize in a very important scene. There you go. And you actually, you all made the trailer for that we did. Uh, movie as well. We did. Robin Cornett's the dean of our health sciences program. Kim, Kim Stinson is the director of our humanities program here at Catawba Valley Community College. I know there were many more people involved with that production, but those are two of the ones that you just mentioned. Talking about song. Do you want to close it out by singing a song? Oh, gosh. What song? 
Let's see. Can we do the 12 days of Christmas? Not the whole thing, because that would be the whole podcast. So how about as fast as we can on the way out? I'm going to, we'll say what the actions are. So it's 12 drummers drumming. Drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping. 10 lords leaping. Nine ladies dancing. Eight maids of milking. Seven swans. Seven swans swimming. Six geese laying. Five five golden golden rings. rings. Yeah. Yeah. Four calling birds. Three French hens. Two turtle doves. And a partridge in a pear tree. Thank you so much for joining us for Winging It. I'm Jennifer Cobb with Red Hawk Communications. Have a great day. Where does your path lead? At Catawba Apprenticeship Network, we believe that each student can pave the way to a successful education and sustainable career. Apprenticeship opportunities are technical training programs in the Catawba County region, consisting of local industries and partnerships. If you're interested in learning more about apprenticeship opportunities for the spring 23 semester, you can visit the Catawba Apprenticeship page on the CVCC website. Earn while you learn. It is possible. And for the next part of this podcast, I'm glad to have the team from Red Hawk Publications sitting with me. We have Richard Eller, the executive director, Robert Knipe, the editor-in-chief, and Patty Thompson, project coordinator. Well, Red Hawk Publications is the only community college press in the state of North Carolina. So how did it begin? It really began when I, uh, I finished a book on Piedmont Airlines, and from there, the second effort, I said, well, let's pull people together from various disciplines and do the 1944 polio epidemic, which we called Research the Miracle. That was the initiative. So I turned to renowned English professor Robert Knipe and said, can you edit these and can we get these into a book? And he said, sure. Did yeah. You? Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. We wound up with a wonderful 13 contributors to a book, uh, each one of them assigned something different about a very, very major story here in Catawba County concerning the 1944 miracle, where it's what, 52 hours they built a hospital? 54. 54 hours mm-hmm. and saved over, what was it, 300 kids. Center. Um, we've got poets from all over the country who send us material. Uh, we've published, what, one of the North Carolina Poet laureates. With another one coming. Uh, with another one coming, yeah. I believe. And yeah. uh, As a matter of fact, I was just looking through. If you want to know how many books we've done, I've kept track. Good. <laughs> In 2016, mm-hmm. when we first started, it was one book, and that was the polio book. And then in 2017, two books and one video. 2018, we did two books. And I may not be counting the, the textbooks, but... Um, in 2019, we had six books. 2020, the year I started, not a coincidence, 19 books. That's a joke because I actually started at the end of 2020. <laughs> but by 2021, we did do 29 books. And in 2022, the reason why we're missing hair and have uh, gray hair, we've done 49. Oh, my goodness. Big yeah. leap. Big leap. It's It really is. Um, it's amazing. It's awe-inspiring. It's frightening. Um, and if we're not careful, uh, guys, just to give you a heads up, 2023, like already we've got about 20, 25 books that we're considering for 2023. So, yeah, no leave goes untouched by us. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, just another thing, too. Um, I looked this up also because I, I always look at other small publishers and what, right. what 
Trends they track. We have published authors in 10 states and one country, Canada. So that's kind of nice too. And thank goodness that Patty came in when she did because it was her organizational skills that enabled us to be able to market and get those books out. And every book we've done since then has benefited from her uh, uh, very effectual genius of getting the word out. So they are literally coming to us because of our track record of being able to successfully get these books into distribution mm -hmm. and sign them to contracts mm -hmm. that give them an opportunity to own their material to where if a big four publisher comes, like, for example, your book, if a big publisher were to come and offer you a contract based on the publication of the ARIA, we release you from that contract and you can go with that publisher. Whereas most publishers, you're going to not get away unless they take a portion of whatever that big publisher is going to pay you. But we don't do that because we're Red Hawk Publications. <laughs> And we see ourselves as an incubator because we've already had two authors that have gone on to other publishing heard, contracts. Which is so impressive. Yes. Well, it, it's that incubator status that mm -hmm. we're here to foster new art mm -hmm. and new artists. Mm -hmm. I hate to be called the rejection queen, but it is a title I've taken on. But I'm, I'm nice and I'm also very supportive. If, if there's something we're not taking, I let them know why. And if it's something that we think with a little work, they can come back and submit it again, I let them know. Mm -hmm. And I give them short lists of editors so that they can have that at their disposal. And one of the reasons we do that is what I wanted to point out. We are now at the part where we are seeing some really substantive work from our authors and we're submitting them for awards and we've won some. We've recently submitted six, six of our varied genres to the Pushcart Award mm -hmm. organization, which is a big deal. Pushcarts yes. are, are, are nice to get. Um, we've also submitted for the Penn Faulkner. We've submitted for the Pen America. Over. So yeah, so we really are trying to get the word out nationally. And part of the, the impetus of what we do is to highlight the region. Highlight our service mm -hmm. area, it's this job in Alexander Counties, but also Western North Carolina. And we're finding that so many things are just really, really good that haven't received the kind of attention uh, they should. We kind of fill that niche. Mm -hmm. If you bring us a product like that, we can help you, put you in touch with distributors, put you in touch with this, create you a prototype, actually sell your book for you. And we've created a nice little family of artists. It's marvelous when you run into an author that helps sell his or her books because they fly off the shelves and you just look at a person who before had that in them, but now it's a real thing. It's a product. Mm -hmm. It's something that's there mm -hmm. that was not created before that you've helped bring into the world. We, we can tell which authors hustle. And, you know, there are some authors, especially some of our older poets, they love to write their poetry and their friends are going to buy the book. But when we got somebody who's a little bit more savvy with marketing, we see those books fly off of, of our website. And our books are available on our website. Our authors are able to buy their books and sell them and, and make their own, generate their own revenue. So you know, we have these conversations with our authors so that they're aware. You know, we do the best we can, but we are asking you to help sell it and let us know what we can do. See, we're all the time breaking new ground with uh, artists like you who say, I want to do this. And if we can figure out collaboratively how to make that work, then you have paved the way for the next artist that comes mm -hmm. through and wants to do mm -hmm. that. Nothing. There's nothing better 
and you're you're so young. But let me tell you this: there is nothing better than setting precedent, because once you set a precedent, and somebody comes behind you and goes like, "Oh, you can't do that," you can say, "Oh, yes, you can," because mm-hmm. I've done it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's how it works. Exactly. And and you plan everything after those precedents into something that can be scaled up. Which, as a creative individual, and I'm sure most of your writers and artists would probably say the same thing, but that's a challenge, but it's also like, it's kind of a calling. It's like a, you know, a passionate challenge that you're able to fulfill because it's like, oh man, like I gotta, I gotta continue. I gotta keep doing more from here. How high can I go? But also as an artist, it gives you kind of that constrained flexibility to continue to create and see, you know, challenge themselves to create in new ways. Like you said, like, how, how can I make this a little bit more unique than, than what other creators have done in my own way? You know, that it's a good challenge to have, I think. And and we really do look at that. Our challenge is what can we do to create more opportunities to help our people sell their books? So for example, (laughs) yes, we do the press releases. Yes. We're beginning to do pre-sales. And we also started a podcast. So, you know, Red Pub Pod is our podcast. When we send the links out to our authors across the country, uh, they're able to get a little traction and it helps them sell self books. Everything Red Hawk Publications does is geared to make Catawba Valley Community College shine, to make this place look like that wellspring of opportunity for not only, you know, its students, but for people in the service area, the stakeholders, the people who want to tell their stories. But it's all about putting Catawba Valley Community College up front and saying this college has not forgotten this kind of art. And people like us who love puzzles, we just love problems because that's something to figure out. It's something, it's what you live for is to think something through and create something out of that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come in here. And this is actually the first time we've used this podcast room with this graphic. So um, it's exciting. Uh, New things here. And I will um, see you all again, I guess, on our updated part two collab podcast. That's fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Look forward to it. concludes today's episode of Winging It. Follow us and receive updates on the podcast by reading the Red Hawk Report or checking out our social media posts. If you would like to be featured on Winging It, fill out our marketing request form on the MyCVCC portal or contact our host directly. Don't forget to like and share all of our events on social media. Catch you next time.